Hey guys, it's Shelby. I am here today interviewing Melissa Rudolphy for episode 22 of Lash Boss Radio. She is the co-owner of a lash studio in Tucson, Arizona with her sister, and we're going to be talking about her story today and kind of just the ins and outs of the industry. If you're listening today, make sure to tag Lash Boss Radio on Instagram or Facebook and let me know. I hope you guys enjoy this episode, and here we go. Okay, Melissa, so tell us how you got started in the lash industry. Well, I became an esthetician maybe like 15 years ago. I was always interested in in beauty, but when I went to school, nothing like grabbed me. Like I wasn't interested and I did nails and I did skin and it just wasn't sticking with me. So my whole life I was in the restaurant bar industry and one day I was in the well and the, and one of the bartenders came in and she had lashes on. And I was like, those are beautiful, like gorgeous. What is going on with these things? So uh, another one of my friends, friends, she's like, you have your aesthetics license. You should definitely go and take a class. And I thought maybe it was just like a, you know, it wasn't going to stick. You know, mm-hmm. I went and I took a Nova lash class. This was in, I think, 2011. Mm-hmm. I was so frustrated. I cried. I <laughs> Did, I was like, how do people do this? But after I went home, I just kept practicing and practicing. And with three months, within three months, I started at Lash and I had quit the restaurant industry, which I did really, really well in. I just went for it. I, I started and I rented a little studio out of a salon and I, I just hit the ground running and I, I did amazing. And that's kind of where it all started. So how did you get the name at Lash? Okay. It came to me in like two seconds. I thought about that song at last by Etta James. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I have no idea. I just was like at last, at last, like I found something I'm really enjoying. And I just, I, that's, it doesn't even really mean too much. Like that's how it came about. That was it. Do you have a partner? Cause you guys have a studio now. Yes. It's Angela from Wink. Okay, yeah. Wink yeah. Lashes Tucson. Okay, cool. So how did, how did you guys team up and how did that work out? So funny fact about Angela, she is my sister. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. So we were both in the restaurant industry. In fact, she was my manager in the restaurant that we both left from to, to do this. So anyway, she was just working at, in, the, in the restaurant and I was doing this and I was loving it so much. And she saw how, how much I was enjoying my life and how I could make my own hours and I just told her, I was like, you got to take a class with me. Worst case scenario, you don't like it. You don't have to use it ever again. Mm -hmm. So two and a half years ago, we took a Borboletta volume class together. Well, she took her classic and I took volume. That's when they were mixing the two classes together. Yeah. And I'm telling you that girl, she, within a year, she took, I think it was six certifications. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And within two years, we opened Lash Studio together and I mean, I have chills right now because it was, I mean, honestly, it was all, always my dream to open a salon or something in the beauty industry, mm-hmm. but to do it with my sister, we're very, very, very tight, her and I, and we both work the same. We have the same work ethic. Uh, we both, we just understand each other and we know how to argue, if that makes any yeah. sense. And we know how to run a business together and it just works so well. So uh, that's, that's how we partnered up. And it's just been incredible. We have a 1700 square foot studio now that we do a ton of trainings in, but it's just the two of us, just Angie and I, and, you know, eventually we'll probably add a couple more, but 
I mean, Shelby, you know, you have employees, so you know, it's like, you want to make sure that you're getting the right people in there, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. So eventually we'll do that. But right now we're just hosting as many trainings as, as we can in there and bringing a lot of action to Tucson because Tucson's kind of small. Uh, your space is actually really beautiful. It's like, it's not your typical bright white or anything. And you have a lot of like dark walls and like the mm-hmm. lighting is so beautiful. Thank you so much. That chandelier we got, that was like the first thing that went up even before we painted the walls or did anything. So we liked that cozy gray, mm-hmm. you know, you can add light to it if you need to, but it is, it's really cozy and, and, and we love it. We're happy. We're so happy with our spot. Yeah, of course. It's, it's beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. So whenever you were first learning lashes, who were some inspirations to you? Okay. So, you know, because I started six plus years ago, mm-hmm. it was kind of newer for me. I feel like, you know, Instagram wasn't like it was today. Mm-hmm. I have to be honest with you and tell you, I didn't have a lot of like, I wasn't inspired by a lot of people on social for some reason. I don't know if I just didn't catch on that fast to the social media aspect of it, but me and another girl, we went back and forth and shared ideas and stuff. So I mean, I guess her and I help each other a lot. So in that sense, it would have been her. But, you know, I struggled with a lot of stuff. When I started lashing with Nova Lash, you know, it came in the empty cases and you you sprinkled the lashes out on the pad and yeah. you like popped the lash up. And I'm like, I can't believe how far it's come. It's mm-hmm. so incredible. So honestly, not a lot until I got into like, until I took a Borboletta class and then I started seeing all these amazing people out there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Kate, Trina and Elena. And I mean, just red lash, all these people now they're inspirations to me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> There's some unbelievable work out there. You know what I mean? I know. And I think social media has really helped to, I guess, grow our industry or even like connect each other. People that have been doing it this long, but never really knew each other until now. I love Instagram for those connections and stuff. I know. I love Instagram so much. And a lot of these girls are so, so amazing. So cool. They're, yeah. They're sweethearts, you know? Mm-hmm. So what is some of the best advice you've gotten since, I guess, all of your trainings? Maybe some aha moments whenever you were learning classic or volume? Aha moments? You know what? I think I'm going to honestly go with, and this didn't happen till later, but comparing yourself to other people. Mm-hmm. Just keep your head down and stop comparing yourself to other people. Everybody's a different artist. I think I was trying so hard to be like someone else and we're all so unique. You know what I mean? Right. So I stopped doing the comparison thing and my world kind of changed. I now only really compete with myself. I mean, I can respect and admire other people's work and want to grow into something like that. But honestly, that, you know, for me, that's, that's what it was. Yeah, that reminds me of something I like to talk about a lot is like how each person defines their own success because that kind of helps to protect you from the comparison game. But for you, what do you think defines success? You know, I think growing, I just, I know I grow every single day and I've taken so many, you know, certificate, so many classes and I've I'm certified eight times over and I'm still learning every day. And I, like you said, aha moments, I have aha moments like 
Friday afternoon when I'm lashing, I'm like, oh my gosh, why did I not ever do that? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So just getting better and better every day is success to me, you know? And there's one thing I always, I used to go to work and when I was doing classics, I mean, I wasn't as into it as I am now. I literally, my passion completely grew, but when I used to go to work, I used to think about money. I just want to make, how much money am I going to make today? I'm going to make this much today. Right. Mm -hmm. And now when I go to work, I, I promise you, I mean, even though a lot of, I have a lot to pay for. I don't think about the money anymore. I think about the quality of my work. I think about what I'm going to do to someone's lashes. And I think about that more than money. So I think for me, that's helping me become more and more successful every single day. Honestly, that's real. Yeah. So that reminds me of Simon Sinek. He did this talk about like starting with why and Mm -hmm. He says, like, if you think about the money versus if you think about, I guess, why you're doing what you're doing, the money will just be a side effect at that point. But if you're thinking about the money, it's that's not where to start. It's that's that's supposed to be a side effect of you starting with why and thinking about like what you're saying. Like if you're just thinking about how passionate you are and like how much you want to help your clients or what you want to achieve that day or get better at, then the money will just come naturally. So, Oh, it's totally true because when I used to, I mean, everything you're saying is so spot on. And when I used to want the money and I used to be like, I need it. And I have, you know what I mean? I want to make this much. Yeah. It was like, but now like there's days, I don't know. Some people count what they make. Some people don't. Sometimes at the end of the week, you know, I obviously I'll get everything together, but I'm not even thinking about the money. I love what I do so much. And honestly, to hear when I post on Instagram and to hear from other people, artists that I completely respect so much, telling me that they enjoy my work or specifically saying something, you know, nothing like generic, just something about my work that they really love. Yeah. You know, that's everything too. Yeah. Speaking of your work, what do you feel like makes your work unique? I'm going to kind of go back to not comparing myself to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think when I opened up to learning from other people so much and I, you know, even when I have students, I still take from them too. It's unreal what people can teach you. So I just really try to put a perfect lash, perfectly, perfect direction, perfectly symmetrical, perfect placement. And I say perfect. I know none of us are perfect, but as perfect as I can be mm-hmm. every single time. And I don't rush it. And I think that helps make me unique. But also, like I said, not focusing on money, but focusing on your client and their needs. I think that makes a unique artist right there. You know, right. not just rushing through and jamming a bunch of women out the door to make money. I really think that helps make every each each person unique and become their own artist. Right. Mm-hmm. So with our girls, I talk about like not rushing as well, because it's funny that when you stop rushing, you actually, I think, accomplish more and you you end up being a little bit faster because if you're if you're rushing, you're, you may be catching a bunch of stickies as you're working, right? Or you're not creating the best bond. So the next time they come back, you have more to do. You have to apply more lashes probably because they didn't have as great as retention. But say you slow down, you're intentional with every single lash that you're placing, just like you're saying, 
then every single bond is going to be that much better. Then when they come back, their attention is going to be amazing and you're not going to have as much to do, therefore leaving you even more time to place even more perfect lashes. And so I completely agree with that philosophy. Girl, amen to that. It's so crazy. I, people think that if you rush, 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 they're just like, I want to go fast. And that's like the number one question I get in class. I want to be faster. I want to be faster. I'm like, slow down so you can speed up. Does that make sense? Slow down. Mm-hmm. Do your fans correct? Like, just like you just said. So it doesn't stick to its neighbor. So it's in the right spot. So it doesn't close. And I promise you, even if you don't get 100% on that 80% full set of per- perfection, quote unquote perfection, looks way better than the 100%, you know, yeah. crap, crappy job. A lot of better work. Yep. Yeah. Yes, I agree. What do you feel like are some of your favorite products to work with? Okay. I'm just going to tell you right now. I I cannot, I'm not going to say I cannot, but I don't like to lash without my Maven tweezers. Okay. Yeah. Trina's tweezers are the best. I I just, they're so smooth and the boot is so long. I don't know. Do you work with them? I I don't have a pair, honestly. And that's my friend. I should totally have a pair. But every time I go to buy them, like I read that they're sold out. So I'm the worst. I need to get some. Girl, I have a bunch in my drawer. Just call me. I'll send one to you. (laughs) You have to use them. They're magical. I mean, there's so many great products out there. So it's so hard for me to be like this one product. But the Maven tweezers, honestly, like 100%. I mean, they're legit tweezers. They, you know, they're really good, but there's so many other good ones too. Like I love the J brand adhesive. I mm-hmm. love that. I love the lash maker, pure bond or Belletta has great products. I mean, there's so many out there, you know, Yeah, yeah. but, but if you took my Maven tweezers away from me, I might fight you. <laughs> I might do it. That's awesome. I love <laughs> Trina. She is so amazing and she's so creative. She's so creative. She's great. I love it. We have her at the studio this year again. Really? Yes. She's coming in December. Awesome. So in your studios in Tucson, right? Uh-huh. Tucson, Arizona. Yep. Arizona has so many amazing artists. I think that it's one of that in Utah. Yes. It's, it's crazy. I know. And Phoenix, it, most of those girls are, a lot of those girls are in Phoenix, um, which okay, is like yeah. an hour and a half away from us. But Tucson's coming together over here. We're really doing stuff. I'm pretty proud. Yeah. So for the listeners that have maybe that lash in an area that is pretty saturated or maybe have some worries about like their competition, do you have any advice for them? Yeah. You know what? I mean, so many lash, so many girls are getting certified to be lash artists. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, Mm -hmm. your competition is all around, right? There are so many people in the world. You can't lash everyone. I promise you there's someone for you as a new up, up and coming lash artist or a lash artist that's, artist that's been around for three years or whatever. There's plenty of people. If you, as a new artist, focus and take classes, not just one, but take a bunch, you'll get up there with kind of the best of the best and be able to compete, you know, at with, um, in, charging higher, um, higher amounts. You know what I mean? But taking your time and doing quality work, I feel like that's how you're going to be able to compete Mm -hmm. in the lash world. You know what I'm saying? If, if you're just taking one class and you're, and you're going out there and you're charging a lot of money and you kind of don't know what you're doing, that's not going to help you at Mm -hmm. all. So, you you know, I feel like you step into this lash world and you just got to keep going certain Mm -hmm. levels. I've taken 
so many classes and I'm telling you, I've learned from every single person, something so different that's made me what I am today. But if I didn't continue my education, you can't compete, right? You just can't, you can filter your work all day long on Instagram. You can do the black shades on the lines. We all see it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you know what I mean? You, you, you just, you have to do the work in order to become an outstanding artist and be able to charge that and be happy and proud of it. You should be proud of that. If you're not proud of your work going out, then you may want to, you know, take another course. I agree. So as far as your studio, are you still taking clients? Yes, I am taking clients. Um, I'm, I'm educating. I started at Lash Pro a couple months ago. And so I do some classes here and there. I took the summer off, but my sister and I are fully, you know, there full time. You know, sometimes we take a four or five day vacation, get away for a little bit. But honestly, you know, I know I can't lash and sit there forever and it's bad for your eyes. You know, my eyes are kind of going and stuff, but I am obsessed with lashing. I don't want to stop. So if I got to the point where I'd have to do so many classes where I'd have to stop, I think I'd stop doing classes first. Wow. Yeah. I, I absolutely love it. Now, now talk to me in two years. I don't know. You know, <laughs> your back starts to go, your neck, your eyes. And sometimes you're just like, okay, I'm done. You know, I'm tired, but yeah. I, I'm telling you, I love going to work and I, I love what I do. So we are full time to answer your question. So, um, how many girls do you have at your studio working there? It's just my sister and I. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's- do you guys plan to expand at all? We do plan to expand. We are going to rent. And I think we're only, we'll probably do about max four people. And when I say that, I mean us included. Mm -hmm. And we don't know if we're going to get lash artists or estheticians or massage therapists or microblader. Sure. We probably would love to get an esthetician in there and, you know, a good waxer and stuff. But we're definitely going to expand, you know, and then I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? We, We have a lot of room to add a lot of rooms. So but I don't want it to be so big where there's just too many people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the most asked questions that you get in your classes? A lot of people, I mean, speed, we were talking about speed a little bit Mm -hmm. while ago. When I get the volume girls, they're like, I can't move fast enough. And I say exactly what you do. You know, you got to slow it down a little bit and get, get it right in order to go faster. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and money, you know, a lot of people like to talk about the money aspect, what to charge, when to start charging, you know, how to do it, all that stuff, the business, the marketing side of it, what to offer your clients, a lot of those questions. So those are the two main questions, speed and what what to charge. Okay. Do you have a favorite memory so far from your last career? Oh, yeah, 100%. (laughs) That's um, the day we opened, well, the day we got the keys for Lash Studio. My sister and I were working in a little spot. It was actually like a business, um, like um, it wasn't meant for like studios or, or a salon or anything like it was just a little office and we were working together in there and we would walk past this in this, in the foothills of Tucson, there's a, a nice big area. That's where we're at. And there's like a PF Chang's and a Sullivan's and Starbucks and all that. So we would walk through to go to Starbucks and this little corner spot, the only thing that was available in the whole entire plaza was this spot. And we walked by every day. It had been closed for two years. Nobody rented it. It used to be a skin studio. And my sister saw it and she's like, this would be a great place 
to open a studio. And then I just kept walking by and I was like, we, we got to be able to do this. Long story short, we did it. Um, we got it. And it, I think it was Friday, October 15th of 2016. Oh my gosh. In the afternoon, we signed our papers and we got our keys and my sister took a video of me opening the door and I just, I couldn't believe it. You know, yeah. it, I just, I couldn't believe that we did it. But at the same time, I do believe it because we worked so hard to get where we were at. Mm -hmm. So that is by far my favorite memory. I mean, I love going, I love going there every day. I love being at work and I love the studio and it's my baby, you know? Mm -hmm. That I feel like is success to me, what you just described, because not that you got a space or anything, but that you're every single day very grateful for where you're at and you're not so focused on the next thing that you can't be happy with where you are currently. Yeah, that's well said. That's mm -hmm. exactly it. Yeah, for sure. And I, I just, I can't wait to keep growing in the studio. You know, it gives us that, that push to keep growing and doing things. And my sister and I talk a lot and, you know, you don't know what the future holds, but we have a lot of ideas and you just never know. But like you said, I'm so happy right now with my studio. Mm -hmm. So I'm good right now, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So going the opposite direction, do you have a favorite failure of yours or perceived failure? It's not my favorite failure, but it was a big part of my life. Um, and that was when I chose to give up my position as an educator with Borboletta. Borboletta, uh, when I took that volume course with Kelly Ray, mm -hmm. they changed my whole entire passion for lashing. And I love them. They're such a quality group of people. Kim Jane's, um, you, um, you know, Kim, mm -hmm. she's a, such a nice, genuine soul. Uh, I love her dearly. And everybody, Dave, Craig, Michelle, they were all at the red carpet. They make you feel so special. So anyway, being a part of that group was incredible. And I was, I was there for such a short time. I mean, I was an ambassador for like six months and then I became an educator and I was only an educator for about eight or nine months. Mm -hmm. But I started feeling like I was lacking at home and I was lacking at my studio. Yeah. And so I had this amazing job with Borboletta teaching what I love, traveling with like some solid women. And, but then I have this studio at home with my sister, my best friend. I miss my boyfriend. I miss his son. I miss my bed. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm struggling. So I made the decision to not educate for them anymore and just work on the studio. I felt like I wasn't getting back to like clients enough. I felt, I really felt like, like I was going to work. I was looking tired. You know, I was just feeling like I was, I had this, you know, baby that we just opened and I wanted to give everything I had to that. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And not to mention, I am a huge fan of Borboletta products, but there are a lot of other products out there. And I do have education with other people. And as an educator, you can't go out and scream to the world, you know? Yeah. So I felt like that was another reason. Like I really just wanted to kind of be myself and get out there and, and tell people what I'm about and what I use and be honest, you know, um, mm -hmm. it really Shelby was a heartbreak and it still kind of is. I miss them so much. Uh, it was really, really difficult. I spent a lot of nights crying. And like I said, I wasn't with them that long, but that's the kind of impact they made on my life. They definitely changed my life, um, me personally and, and my career, you know, as a lash artist. So I owe a lot to them. I love them. But yeah, that was, that was a huge, it made a huge impact on my life, just yeah. being with them and then leaving them. So I had these two amazing choices I had to make. 
and I just chose, I chose my life with my amazing boyfriend and, and his son and my sister in my studio. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't travel either when I do classes, I just do them at my studio and I don't, I just, I can be home and I like it. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that you're still part of the Warbletta family in some way. So. Yes, I'm still close. With, I still talk to Kim. And like I said, I love her. And I, t- I have a, you know, I kept friendships with most of the girls and, uh, and they always welcome me. So, yeah. Yeah. I think the way that you leave anything that you're doing says a lot about a person, too, because there's so many people that I've seen leave teams that I've been on or been a part of, and it doesn't have to be so nasty. It, it can be a good split. Isn't that funny? People think you have to be mean and nasty <laughs> and rude just to end something or just say no in a nice way it's okay yeah. it's okay just do it do it right and and you know what that is right that is you like projecting like how you feel onto the situation or like wanting it to be ugly so that you can feel better about yourself but I think if your intentions are pure from the get-go then I don't think it, you'll ever have that those feelings or feel the need to be ugly but I think that's what it is I, I've noticed that As well, like, you know, with my own team that I have, most of the time when people, you know, leave and and go a different direction, they are still so close to us because they, you know, we love them and we wish them the best and everything. And a lot of times people just leave because they're moving or whatever it is. But I've seen before, like, uh, it's happened maybe like once or twice where it got a little ugly, not, not because I wanted it to, but just because that's what was presented to me. And it was just, it it confused me so much because I'm like, I have given you nothing but education and kindness and understanding. And I don't understand why you're acting like this now. It's like a defense mecha- mechanism or yeah. something people like to just be nasty and rude. But I think, you know, I also, I think later on in life, I learned that lesson. So sometimes it takes a while for people to understand that mean what you say, say what you mean, but don't say it mean or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's true. It's true. We can, you don't have to be someone's best friend. You can be acquainted, but you don't have to talk about them either. You know what I mean? I just, my life is better like that. I'm sure. And I, you know, I'm sure that set you back. You're probably like, what, why is this person being awful to me? You know? (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about, is there any topics that you have that are controversial? in the lash industry that you want to talk about? Yeah, I actually, I just, um, I brought it up earlier and I was talking about this with my sister. I think, you know, a lot of times when I'm teaching, the girls would be like, how do I get my lashes to look like this? And they see someone like, you know, lash makers post or (laughs) Bordeaux, you know what I mean? Uh Which is amazing, amazing, incredible work that takes a very long time. Mm -hmm. So they want to know how to get their their lashes to look like that. Or they see some other pictures with massive lashes and they're just blacker than black. And I tell them, you have to understand this is not the Bordeaux and the lash makers, but the other people that are filtering, mm-hmm. like I said, and I don't know, have you noticed it? Am I the only one? But people are shading with the black on the line and it's so black, you can't even see a lash. And I'm telling them, listen to me. That is, they got in Facetune and they way overtoned it, Okay. So these people that are doing that, shame on them. Yeah. That's unrealistic. If you want to be better at lashes, go take a bunch of education. Just Mm -hmm. do what other people do. And if you can't afford it, just 
save up money until you can and, and get better. But the people that are throwing stuff out there that, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm sure you filter your. Well, no, I don't filter. I, I'll do the skin. And, and of course, yeah. I, I, I need I need it to look like a certain way before it goes on our feed. And also yeah. that's for the client too. like, to be honest, I don't want my skin on Instagram unfiltered, but that's just me. But mm-hmm. with our clients, you know, we take a picture and we say it'll only be your eyes or it'll be cropped and we'll like kind of airbrush your skin. If a client doesn't want that, then they'll, they'll say so. And we also have it in our forms that they fill out. But mm-hmm. I was going to say that I have seen people darkening the lash line or it's almost like they blur the lash line. Yes. I was looking at someone's, obviously I'm not going to say the name, but I was looking at someone's or a few people who had some pictures from a class that they've taken and then they posted work from their work afterwards, like maybe when they are back home and it Mm -hmm. doesn't look anything like the pictures that were (laughs) taken in the class. And I think it's because either the educator or the artist is blurring the lash line and they're doing it in a way that they're trying to sell more classes or say like, look, this is what my student did. And really it's just, they edited the picture to look like that is what their student did. And I don't know for sure because I wasn't there in the class, but it just kind of looked like there was a huge difference between the the work that I saw and the span was only like a couple of weeks, I feel like. And I think a lot of people are using that to sell classes or product. And Mm -hmm. I think that is very, very wrong. That's so ugly. Yeah, I agree with you. It's it's like um, when I filter a picture, I will take out a blemish or a hair. I try to, you know, fix eyebrows if I didn't if I didn't brush them right. But I'm never I'm never touching the lashes. Never, never, never. And I try to tell people that you can smooth out the skin a little bit. But yeah, it's it's unbelievable that people are putting themselves out there and trying to share that as their work. It's so mm-hmm. bad. It's so bad. But I wish people would, would just, you know, take classes and be humble and ask for help. Right. You know? And and it just creates this sense of just this bad feeling, I feel like, whenever you see that. And then if you're comparing your work to that as a new artist, it's it seems like it's so hard to achieve, but it's just some Photoshop, you know, and, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm not saying that th- those looks can't be achieved because Elena and Trina and, you know, Tiana, all of them, like yes. they're amazing and they actually do that with their hands. And I, and I know that, and it's like, those are the people you need to take classes from. No, I got you. I got you. But another thing about that too, is how amazing those women are and then the work they do. They Mm -hmm. take a picture of the one eye, right? Because they do the one eye for picture purposes, correct? Mm -hmm. That takes them three hours. So just, just off, off the subject a little bit, I, if I had anything to say to, you know, people like up and coming artists, don't expect to do that. Yeah. That is one eye and it took three hours. Nobody has six hours and that's for picture purposes. I mean, you can achieve a really dark look, but don't compare yourself to those people, you know, aspire to be as good. And so Lana just posted something about how she loves the look of Russian volume. She can appreciate the art behind it, but let's be real. Her clients aren't always looking for that. And who has the time to do those type of sets in your everyday life? So she's going to start posting more of the sets that she's doing that for her clients. And I think that she said that really well. Obviously, when this episode airs, it will be probably a while ago that she posted about this. But anyway, um, 
I think that the more realistic and like textured sets are starting to make their comeback mm-hmm. because I think the perfect line and like the Russian volume and all of that has been like all of the rage lately. But really, like my clients don't want that over at in Austin, Texas. <laughs> uh, most of them don't. But uh-huh. I, I still think, though, I want to do it. I want to know how to do it. I want to post that. I, I want to like produce that and I want to show off that like, hey, I can do this, too. But at the same time, I also am realistic. And I know like most of my clients aren't wanting that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, 100 percent. I agree with you. And some people do and some people don't. But, I, you know, I have people say I don't want I need texture in my lashes. And a, and a lot of my clients do that as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, like like you just said, nobody has all that time, too. Mm-hmm. So I, I give my clients many options and they can be as thick as they want if they want to lay on my table for three hours or they can do an hour appointment, right. you know, and if they just want to be light and fluffy. So then I just give them those options, too. But but you're right. A lot of people don't have the time and they don't want to be that dark. And um, some people do either way. Don't compare yourself to that. Yeah. And another thing to think about is so some of those people that you're looking at and you're like, oh, my gosh, like this work is amazing. I don't have time for that. But at the same time, like I don't necessarily think they're saying they have they do this on every single person either. So I don't want that to be mistaken that I think like, you know, some of the people we just named, like I don't think they're saying that at all. It's just that they're creating art. They're selling classes, they're selling product and they're showing like what we could do with lashes. And they're not necessarily saying like, yeah, this was my client today at, you know, three o'clock. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But um, I think it's important to know like the difference and to not place your feelings, I guess, just according to what you see on social media. Yeah. It's just important to be your own artist as long as you're doing it right. You know, you have those fundamentals, make sure you're isolating and direction and placement and all that stuff and moving your body. And if you do that, whoever likes your style, that's who, who's going to come to you. That's going to be your, you know, your clientele. Right. Maybe exactly. you, you know, whatever you do that that's going to set you apart from whoever's going to go to me or go to my sister. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? We're, we're different artists, but we have the same fundamentals, but we're, de- we're definitely different artists. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So do you have a morning or evening routine? My morning routine. I do. I do. I have a morning routine and it's, I get up and I work out. And so what I've done to successfully be able to work out is hire a trainer to come to my house. Wow. And it's, it's amazing. It's expensive, but it's amazing. And it, and I get, you know, I get a great workout in. So he gets here at six o'clock. I work out for an hour and then I make my protein shake and a coffee. And I sit on my bed for like 45 minutes to an hour. I go through Instagram. I go through my emails. I relax. I just, I don't like to rush. I'm not a big person on rushing. Mm-hmm. So then I hop in the shower, I get ready. Um, and I head to work and I'm always at work about 45 minutes to an hour early. Always. I can't be late. It drives me nuts. I like, I physically react to being late to something. It's insane. But I want to set the studio up and get my, you know, humidity right and my temperature correct and eat my breakfast. And then I just sit for like 20 minutes always before I start my first appointment. So my hands are steady Mm -hmm. and I'm not like, I'm just kind of like almost meditating and, and then I get into it. Um, I have more of a morning routine than I do a night routine because like I said, my boyfriend has a son and there's football. And there's a lot of action in this house. So <laughs> I don't, I can't have a routine at night. <laughs> no, that's, no. Yeah, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find that some, 
you're either a morning person or an evening person, like your productivity and all of that either happens in the morning or at night, <laughs> not usually both. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's too, too hard at night. By the time I get home, I'm like either a glass of wine <laughs> or I sit outside on the patio and I try to just relax. Yeah. Um, so what do you listen to or read for inspiration? So I do Audible. My sister got me got me onto Audible now. I don't let any of my clients talk ever. Like they never get to talk. I mean, obviously we catch up in the beginning or end, but I do my best work if, if someone is not talking. So, um, I put on my headphones and I listen to, okay, so this is called the MF CEO. It's a podcast. It is not for everybody. It's censored. I mean, like like there's a lot of swearing in it, but it's Mm -hmm. a, like a business podcast and he's super inspirational to me. Like I said, it's not for everybody. And then I listen to uh, Bean Boss Radio. I listen to when I get tired of that stuff and I feel like I have too much going on in my brain and I'm thinking too much, then I get into the, the murder mysteries. Oh my gosh. Why is everyone into that? I don't know. It's kind of messed up, but it's kind of like, it's got you like, oh. and it's not, it's so sad. Like some of the stuff you hear, I've, yeah. just, I've had to turn off, but and I don't like scary stuff, mm-hmm. but you know what? I'm going to tell you, I, I'm going to tell you part of the reason is I'm a paranoid person already. Like I'm always on high alert, but, or cautious, I should say not paranoid. Mm-hmm. But now that I have an eight-year-old boy running around and, you know, sometimes I'm by myself, I want to be ready. Like I want to have the knowledge of what happens out there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, but, but I don't know. It's just, I guess it's something to take you away a little bit, of, you know, from work. I don't know. I don't know why I listen to it. Honestly, Shelby. It's so funny. A lot of creative people that I know listen to murder podcasts. Oh my gosh. That's interesting. It's just interesting how murder is like a, just a thing. I don't know. (laughs) To people. There's a new podcast out. It's called My Favorite Murder. And it's these two girls. And it's actually a comedy podcast, but they talk about their favorite murders. And it's, it's funny, actually. This is kind of messed up. Maybe edit this out. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, that's kind of what I listen to. But I, you know, when I want to get really inspired, a lot of times I just listen to um, business podcasts and Mm -hmm. like, you know, and of course, Lash Boss Radio. Hey. Hey. (laughs) So I know you mentioned you work out, but do you have any other passions outside of work? Well, you want to hear something so funny is yeah. I didn't know this about Elena. I did not know she used to be a ballroom dancer. I, know. I, that's the, I was in love with her before, but now I really want her to be my last wife. I know. But I, I've taken classes over the years to be a ballroom dancer and I want to so bad. Like if I didn't have to work, mm-hmm. so what I would do, I swear to God, I want to be the best tango dancer that ever lived. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to make Elena come um, when she comes. She does a class this year too at the studio. I'm going to make her come teach me a few things. So she posted a video on Facebook. Did you see her? No. Okay. So I think she was on, I think it was on Facebook, but she posted a video of her a few years ago doing like ballroom dance or is that what it, I don't know what to call yeah, it. Yeah, ballroom dancing. Mm-hmm. So she posted it and I was like, what? That's you? Like, that is so crazy because she was really, really good. So oh, I got to see it. I don't know how I didn't see it. It's crazy. Yeah. If I find it again, I'll send it to you. <laughs> yeah. Send it to me. I, I have to check this out. Yeah. I'm obsessed with it. Like I'll watch Dance of Stars like on, I don't let anybody talk to me. Like I'll close my door. I'm, I'm literally that obsessed with it. And one day 
I promise you when I'm not lashing and I just have money coming from everywhere, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, cause it's like $70 an hour. Oh gosh. The other thing I like to do though, um, and this is a new thing for my birthday, I, my boyfriend bought me a bow, like an archery bow Ooh. and not to hunt, not to hunt. I'm mm-hmm. not killing any animals, any, everybody. Okay. I'm not okay. doing that. But he, he, he has a bow and his son has a bow. So it's something we can do together and they really enjoy it. And like as a team, but I'm actually not bad at it. Oh, really? Okay. I'm not bad at it. So I got this really nice PSE bow. So that's something I love to do with the boys. And, you know, we get out because, you know, us as artists, we sit inside all day, you know, so mm-hmm. it's nice to get out and get air. And, and so that's kind of something I've taken up that I really super enjoy. That's actually really interesting. I've always wanted to try that. I've never tried, but it looks so cool. I think after the Hunger Games, I was like, hmm, I want to try that. (laughs) Shelby, you should totally try it. You should try it and then take a picture and post it. I want you to do it. Okay, I will. Yeah, yeah. You can use my bow. It's like pink camouflage. It's super cute. Oh, my God. So cool. (laughs) Yeah. So what do you think that you'd be doing if you weren't in the lash industry or I guess – Whenever you were little, what did you see yourself being whenever you grew up? Okay, honestly, I, I, I knew I was going to be in the beauty industry, so I can't say. Really? I cannot say what else I would do. I mean, I love to decorate and stuff like that, so maybe an interior designer, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I've always, from the moment I saw my mom put on her makeup, her friend used to come over. I'm, I swear to God, she used to come over with a, like a, it looked like a big tackle box with just a ton of makeup. It was a make it. I think it was an actual tackle box. I have to be honest with you. Yeah, no, people do that. Yeah. I was obsessed with her and I would just watch her put on her blue shadow (laughs) and, and do her mascara and she would use a pin to separate her lashes. And I was mesmerized by it. And I think when I was about five years old, I have a video. I'm actually going to post it on my Instagram. It's mm-hmm. so funny. It's me with the ugliest bowl cut ever. And my parents gave me a makeup kit, but it's a kitty makeup kit. So it was like a little chapstick was like a pet compact. Yeah. And I freaked out. I was so excited. I'm Aww. telling you, I always knew I wanted to be in the beauty industry. So I think to be honest with you, there's no other place I'd rather be. Well, that's good to know mm-hmm. that you're already doing that. A lot of people yeah. go many years or never at all before finding out what they're passionate about. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I was in the restaurant industry for a long time. So obviously I wasn't in, in it, you know, uh-huh. so I'm glad I finally I'm here, you know. Mm-hmm. Totally. So what is the strength that you have that has helped lead you to where you are today? Letting things roll off my back. I just don't let a lot of things bothering me anymore. I used to let a ton of things, like everything bothered me. And I took it personally. Mm-hmm. I just don't do, I just don't anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just let things roll off my back. And if something's, you know, really important to bother me, like obviously I'm going to figure out what that is and, and, and focus on that. But little things in life, I just, I can't like who's unfollowed me or who says a nasty thing about my work or I can't, I cannot get into that. And I, I just think that's my strength now. I feel like it's, it's, I feel powerful mm-hmm. knowing that I have feelings and they do get hurt, but they only get hurt by people that I really, you know, like if my sister says something to me, that's going to make a difference. But right. I just don't let strangers and people that have super negative vibes and, you know, constructive criticism is one thing, but mm-hmm. just being nasty and mean, I, I don't want to be a part of that. So I don't let people affect me that way. And I think that's a strength. Yeah, I think it is for me that 
that was a strength for me because I used to be so different. So now I'm just like, oh, okay, whatever. It's fine. You know, I'll move on and everything will be good. Mm -hmm. When was the last time that you cried happy tears? (laughs) Oh, gosh, that's a good question. You know, don't make me cry here. (laughs) I don't I don't have kids. I'm Mm -hmm. 43 years old. And I've been with Matt for three, uh, three plus years now. And he has a beautiful son. And I seriously fall more and more in love with him every day. I know he's not mine, but I think of him as mine. Yeah. I'm super close with his mother, which is great for our relationship. Mm -hmm. And the other day, I think it was Father's Day. I was sitting in bed with, with, with Rem and Matt was in the shower and him and I were just talking back and forth. And he just like leaned over and he just, you know, like he held my, my arm and he just was super interested in what I had to say. And it wasn't like that in the beginning, you know, it was really hard because he didn't want his parents to be divorced. And yeah. it just brought such a joy to my heart as someone, I didn't grow up with my mother. Uh, my mother left when we were younger and, you know, it, it affected me real bad. And mm-hmm. so I can't imagine not being in this child's life. I'm so in love with them. And so I would say the other day, Father's Day, when, he, mm. when him and I were just chewing the fat and he was, he just wanted to tell me everything. And, and then he said something like, I know what I'm going to get you next Mother's Day. And I, I just, I couldn't even, I, I was trying to hold it in. Oh so my gosh. yeah, he, I love him. He's a, he's a, he's an amazing child. How old is he? He's eight. He's four oh. foot 10 and he's eight years old. Oh my gosh. Yeah, his, his dad is 6'5", though. He's going to be a big boy. Oh, my goodness. No, that's yeah. so special. It is special. He's He means the world to me. <laughs> I love that. So last question, what is your motto, or do you have one? I do. Well, I do. I For years now, um, act as if was my motto. Like, just act as if everything is okay and it will be okay. Don't make things too much of a big deal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I act as if everything's fine because I want things to be fine. And I only really freak out if something's worth worth it. But, the, but about a month ago, and this is more of like a saying, but it's really stuck with me and, it, and it's sticking with me. Like now I'm teaching my students this, which is, is so important. Oprah had said, there's no such thing as luck. Luck is preparation, preparation, meeting the moment of opportunity. And that just sat with me so deep because a lot of people think like people, have told me you're lucky. You're lucky to have the studio. You're lucky, lucky, lucky. And that word is almost irritating to me because I'm not lucky. I've worked blood, sweat, and tears to get where I'm at. And this is a great example of being prepared. Like my sister, now she's got eight certifications in two years. We wouldn't have been able to open the studio because you know what I mean? If we weren't prepared for that, if we didn't up our game and take some of the best classes out there, if we weren't ready for that, we couldn't give our clients this amazing work. We wouldn't have been prepared for it. So I am big on that. People think they're going to do one thing and that one thing is going to just accelerate them way, way up. No, not how, that's not how it works. You have to be prepared every day. So push as hard as you can every day. And then when that moment of opportunity comes into play, like, boom, you're ready for it. You know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. that really stuck with me. So, you know, that's just a saying that I, I had to, I had to share because recently, like, that popped out and I was like, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Yeah, no, I like that mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Um, it yeah. gave me chills whenever you said that. 
Oh, good. Mm. Good chills. Yes. <laughs> All right. So that was episode 22 and I hope you guys enjoyed it. I would love to hear your thoughts on it. As always, just make sure to tag Lash Boss Radio on Instagram. You can also tag Melissa on Instagram. Her handle is Melissa underscore Atlash. So Melissa underscore A-T-L-A-S-H. I will link that in the show notes below. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll be back very soon with episode 23.